0: News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Leor Samfiru. You bet. It's just a few minutes after 5 o'clock here, and welcome back to the show. If you've joined us for the first time, this is uh, the Employment Hour. We talk about employment loss, severance, your boss, workplace harassment, uh, all that stuff. We're going to cover a ton of topics as we uh, carry on through the uh, through the afternoon and through uh, following shows, of course, here on CFRA, if it's your uh, return show. Well, then, welcome back. Come on in. Water's warm. We'd love to hear from you uh, this afternoon. The phone lines are open for your questions. 613-521-TALK is the place to go. I just I just mentioned work. Workplace harassment. We will get to that topic here in just a bit. You want to drop an email anytime. We'll see if we can, uh, you know, get to a few of those as the show uh, goes through. Help at employmenthour.com and we will get more in depth into what we call the Severance Pay Calculator. This is a tool that over half a million people have used and have their eyes opened for sure. SeverancePayCalculator.com. But that's all a little bit in the future. First, we always start, Lior, with a, a little segment we like to call and kick off called The Week That Was. How was it, pal?
1: And man, oh man, what a busy week it was indeed. Uh, I've spoken with so many people this week uh, about their workplace rights, and uh, I've, I've hopefully solved some problems in doing that, and that's the, that's the name of the game, if you will. We're here to solve problems, solve workplace problems, because there's no... Problems that cannot be solved. I promise you that. So call me if you have a problem. Uh, you know we wanna we wanna make our uh, call screener busy today. He gets paid the same whether he's busy or not. So let's may as well uh, let him uh, earn his uh, his keep today. We wanna <laughs> get a lot of questions answered. And uh, if you don't know what uh, what employment law is all about, if you don't know what workplace rights you may or may not have. Well, stay tuned to us on this show, on every show, and reach out to me if you want to speak privately. We'll give you that information or we'll reach out on the show. And week there was a couple situations that came across my desk uh, very recently. I uh, spoke with a gentleman uh, who worked in a um, in, in a repair type of a role. He, his job was to go to his uh, company's customers uh, and, and repair this device that they had. Uh, so he, he his entire job was to drive from customer to customer based on uh, on the schedule given to him, do his repair or evaluate the problem, and move on to the next one. Uh, and he was an hourly paid employee, and uh, he's he had always gotten paid from the time he went in in the morning until the time he finished his last job, including for the travel time from between customer right. and customer. Mm-hmm. So if he drove, uh, you know, if he spent uh, an hour and a half each day or two and a half hours in the car, he still got paid for that time. Well, come effective a few weeks ago in, uh, in January, the company said, we're no longer going to pay for travel time. We're wow. no longer going to do that. You're going to get paid for the time you spend at the customer's uh, 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 place to fix the problem. But when you're done and you travel the next time to the next location, we're not going to pay you for that. He was extremely upset because he did spend anywhere from uh, you know one and a half to two and a half hours each and every day just traveling. And he called me and he said, can they do that? Well, John, the answer is an emphatic no, no, they cannot do that. Two reasons. Number one is it's considered work time. If you're not just doing whatever you want you're you, you have to travel to the to the customer because that's your job. Uh, you're not on your own time, you're not able to go for a coffee or or grab lunch or or whatnot. It means if you're on the employer's time, they have to pay you for that time. That's number one. So very important to remember that. Uh, but number two is, even if somehow they could do that, even if they didn't have to pay him, the fact that they did in the past pay him means they can't change that. So once the employer decides, I'm going to pay you for travel time, they can not then decide to say, no, we're not going to pay that anymore moving forward, because that's a change to the terms of employment. In other words, that could be a constructive dismissal. An employer cannot change the way they pay you, when they pay you, for what they pay you, uh, if they do that, that is, uh, that is a breach of the terms of employment and a constructive dismissal. So this company made a mistake and uh, I told them the best option is let me send them a quick note reminding them of their legal obligation. So I'm going to be doing that next week and I'm pretty certain they're going to back off because again, it's illegal to do what they're doing. So I wanted to bring that up, John, because you may have people that the employer refuses to pay them for travel time you know, for work purposes. In most cases, John, that's going to be wrong.
0: And once they've started, they've done it. I mean, you did it before. You can't back out of it, right?
1: Absolutely. And sometimes you may have an employer that that does something that they're not even required to do that's more generous than they need to be. They do something good. Well, that's great. That's awesome. But once they do that, they can't take it back. They can't say, well, now I don't want to be as generous. Now I don't want to give you what I was giving you before. Now I'm going to take it away. Once you've gone some right... Once that right is given to you, uh, you can't take it back. If the employer does, that could be a constructive dismissal.
0: 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call in. This is a live call-in show. We'd love to hear from you with your employment, severance concerns. Bring it on. What else? So uh, what else you got happening, pal?
1: I spoke with a, a lady who had uh, been off work uh, for a number of weeks for a medical uh, condition. And uh, she had uh, gotten clearance from her doctor to come back to work. She provided a fairly simple and short doctor's note saying, uh, this person, my patient, has is, is, is been clear to come back to work. Well, apparently that wasn't good enough for her employer, and they sent her a letter saying, no, no, we want something from a specialist. We want a letter uh, confirming that you're not on any medication, or we want a letter also confirming that you're not getting any treatment that may impact your work. We want all this information. And she was, you know, upset, uh, and she didn't know what to do with it. She wasn't even seeing a specialist. She was just seeing her family doctor. Uh, she had a, a kind of a bit of a, of a mental health issue, but she got past it, and she called me wanting to know, do I have to find a specialist? Do I have to provide them with all this other information? Well, the answer to that is no. Uh, they do not have the right to ask for this information. If you're off on a medical leave, uh, John, it's important to remember that the only thing you need to to provide your employer when you're ready to come back to work is a letter that says, you're ready to come back to work. Right. You're not required to give more information about your medication, about your treatment. You're not required to get a note from a specific doctor. Whoever the doctor that's treating you, whether it's your family doctor, uh, psychiatrist, whatever it is, that is good enough. So this company is overreaching. And if they insist, if they refuse to take her back to work unless she provides this information, that could be a human rights violation. That could be a termination. Uh, so it's a very bad thing to do. So for employers, no. If your employee gives you a clear note that says they're ready to come back to work, you should take them back to work. If the note is not clear, you can ask for clarification. But if the note is clear, you can't decide that you want something else. That's improper. And if you insist, uh, there's going to be a wrongful dismissal and human rights uh, claim uh, on your doorstep uh, very quickly.
0: You know, it got me thinking. Let's rewind a little bit about an employee even before it gets to that point and they want to go off. Um, there's often uh, the explanation you give out. It's very simple. It's very well put that your employer in that case is allowed to ask about prognosis, not diagnosis. Expand on that.
1: So when you need to be off work and uh, you obviously need to tell your employer, you can't just say, hey, I'm gone uh, for, for medical reasons. You need to provide something from a doctor that corroborates the need to be off work. But all the employer is entitled to have is to know your prognosis, meaning how likely is it that you're going to be able to come back to work? When may you be able to come back to work? Uh, will you need any accommodation? That, those are the types of informa- things that the employer is allowed to ask and information it's allowed to have. They're not allowed to ask about your diagnosis. What is your medical condition? Uh, what kind of medication you're taking? Uh, you know, Is it contagious? Any of that types of uh, information, they're not allowed to ask. Uh, that's personal information, that's private information, it's inappropriate. So oftentimes you see in employers that overreach and ask for the diagnosis. That is private. Whether you have a bad back or you suffer from depression, it's not relevant. What's relevant is only whether you're able to work or not able to work.
0: SeveranceBayCalculator.com, I mentioned it off the hop. Give me some details before we uh, get into our first break here.
1: If you lost your job, you need to know how much you're owed. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the place to go. It's easy to use. It's anonymous. It's free. Once you go to SeverancePayCalculator.com, you can find out in in seconds, literally takes 20 seconds, you're going to find out how much you're owed. And spoiler alert, it's not a week's pay per year of service. It's not two weeks pay per year of service. For most people, it's a lot more. Check it out. No reason not to make SeverancePayCalculator.com the very first place you go to if you lost your job.
0: We will take a short one, get back into our topic of everything you need to know about workplace harassment. In the meantime, time for you and uh, plenty of time for you to call into this live talk show, by the way, 613-521-TALK. It's the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Leor Samfiru. And the number to call in, and call in now. This is your time before it becomes too late. You want to get your questions in at uh, 613-521-TALK. This is a live show, so we'd love to talk to you about your employment concerns, your severance concerns. Bring them on here to answer all. In the meantime, though, everything you need to know about workplace harassment. uh, We love this topic, right, because it's very, well, it's topical, really, in the last couple of years. Well, we,
1: we we certainly uh are, are frustrated sometimes that we have to talk about it, but it's yeah. an extremely important topic. And when I started practicing law all these years ago, you wouldn't hear too much about workplace harassment. It wasn't a big topic. It wasn't something that came up very often. Uh, I think over the years, the stigma that is, is associated with it it started it started to get uh, reduced or eliminated. People are comfortable talking about workplace harassment. people are uh, understand now that that's inappropriate. It's not something that you should you should accept. It's not something that should form part of your workplace uh, and, and and if you are dealing with workplace harassment, that's in- inappropriate. and thankfully, the law knows how to deal with that. So workplace harassment hopefully should be become at some point a thing of the past. For now, it is a prevalent issue. So we want to talk about what that is and how it works and what to do about it.
0: Well, you, uh, you basically mentioned right off the top there, what is it? What, what, what qualifies as workplace harassment?
1: So it's important to understand the, the term workplace harassment is quite a broad term, and it, it refers to any type of conduct in the workplace that's unwelcome. Uh, conduct that's considered reasonably to be inappropriate and unwelcome. So, because it's such a broad term, it includes many things. It could include things such as uh, inappropriate comments being made, uh, inappropriate behavior either by a boss or by a boss or colleague, uh, a certain language being used, uh, being excluded from a meeting, being put down, uh, being uh, improperly evaluated and improperly uh, managed. So all these types of behaviors that are considered unwelcome, that looked at reasonably, one would say, no, no, that's not and should not be part of the workplace, that is considered workplace harassment, and those are the types of behaviors that the law says no. You should not have to endure that. Your employer should not put you in that situation, whether directly or indirectly. And the law intervenes and protects employees.
0: Again, the uh, the phone number six one three five two one. Talk to call in, ask you questions about this or any other topic for that matter. Um, in the meantime, I mean, you 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 talk to dozens, if not hundreds, of people every week and through the weeks. How often, or at least how how prevalent is workplace harassment across the workplace?
1: You know, I wish I could say that uh it, it's not, and I wish I could say that it rarely comes up, but that's far from being uh-huh. the case. I speak with people literally every week, sometimes every day, that are dealing with workplace harassment issues, and, you know, gone are the days when that's acceptable. Back in the old days, you would think, you know, boys will be boys, and now, uh, you know, whatever, that's their problem. It's not my problem as the employer. Nonsense. That's gone. That's unacceptable. Uh, and, and, you know, the more we talk about it and the mere, the more, you know, stories in the media come up uh, about it, people understand that, wait a second, this is not appropriate and I should do something about it. And that's what we're talking about it. Because you can and you should do something about workplace harassment. I, I've personally worked with hundreds of people over the years that have been victims of workplace harassment, and we fixed the problem. We either got it to stop, yeah. we got them extracted out of there, we got them compensation, uh, and and we managed to make the difficult situation much better. So uh, it's common, but there are solutions.
0: By the way, to reach out anytime, one to get a hold of Lior and the team and help at employmenthour.com. Um, within the confines of the workplace, describe a typical situation. Well, a typical situation
1: often happens between a a boss uh, and a subordinate, uh, an employee, where the boss is just not treating the employee properly. So maybe it's a situation where the boss is just disrespecting the employee, not talking properly, not using proper language, you know, being very rude or dismissive. That's common workplace harassment. Or in situations where the boss uh, maybe wants to get rid of the person and is taken upon himself or herself to make the employee's life difficult, uh, putting them on improper performance improvement plans or giving them unreasonable performance reviews. Uh, All those types of things, uh, the scenarios, and sometimes it's very obvious when you can tell that just the boss is, has it in for the person. Now, in some situations, it could be uh, kind of he said, she said, but in other situations, it becomes obvious. So I find that is probably the most common classic type of workplace harassment when it's the boss taking uh, on himself or herself to make the employee's life very difficult, make it miserable, creating that poisoned work environment. Uh, and again, doesn't matter if it's your boss doing it. It's inappropriate. Shouldn't happen. And the company as a whole has to make sure that that type of behavior is out of the workplace.
0: You know, it's it's important that people become aware of that aspect because I think in the last couple of years, when people hear workplace harassment, they automatically the default is sexual workplace harassment, and it doesn't have to be that, does it? Absolutely. So, sexual harassment is a type of harassment, of course, and and right. it's I'm
1: uh, unbelievably wrong, and and it's something that should never ever uh, have to happen in, in any workplace or outside of the workplace but it's not just that type of harassment. You can be harassed even if there's absolutely no sexual con- uh, connotation or any sexual context. Uh, if, if someone is mistreating you just because their uh, personality or because they want you to quit uh, or, or just because they're jerks, frankly, that may have yeah. nothing to do with sex or sexual harassment, but it's harassment the same. Now, sexual harassment could be also a human rights violation. If you're being mistreated, let's say because you're a woman, or if you're being mistreated because someone uh, uh, wants to get with you and you're not interested in them, so they mistreat you, that could be sexual harassment. But that's just one form of harassment uh, and many other types. and, And most of the time, by the way, John, when we're talking about workplace harassment, it's not of the sexual kind.
0: Six one three five two one. Talk. That is the number to call in. You want to get your calls in now while you have time to this uh, this call and show of the employment hour. We're talking and continuing our discussion on workplace harassment. Uh, as far as legal remedies are concerned, what's available to an employee who's being harassed?
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, the, the question always becomes, well, what what can we do about the sexual harassment? What can the law do about it? Well, here's the thing. Uh, first, the thing that that can be done is it could be considered a constructive dismissal. And that's very important to understand that there's an implied term in all our employment agreements that we're gonna work in a healthy, positive, and supportive work environment. That's an extremely important term, it's there. So what happens if that term gets breached? All of a sudden, the workplace is not supported, supportive and it's not pleasant, it becomes poisoned. Well, wait a second, that's not what we bargained for. We didn't take this job to work in a poisoned work environment, so what does that mean? That means the fact that this poison work environment is created may be a constructive dismissal. The employee may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance, get themselves out of that bad situation, but get compensated, get severance. So probably one of the the classic remedies that are available is constructive dismissal. You shouldn't have to bear it. In some situations, there could be remedies under the human rights legislation, human rights code. If it's sexual harassment, if you're being harassed because of your age, because your ethnicity, your your religion, your sexual orientation, that becomes what I call discriminatory harassment. You're essentially being discriminated against. Well, you could be owed compensation under the Human Rights Code. So very important to understand that the law does provide options and remedies. It does provide you the ability to make this stop or to get out of there and essentially punish, if you will, those that are harassing and mistreating you. So, again, you don't have to just sit and grin and bear it and, and think that there's nothing you can do. There absolutely is something you can do.
0: For an employee, or for that matter, someone who's listening uh, to this show right now, thinking, "Oh, that could be me." What are the, uh, what are the, what are the remedies? What should they do as far as first steps if they think they're being harassed at work?
1: Well, the first thing you want to do, John, is you want to try to resolve things internally, and and always a good idea. And what I mean by that is go speak to someone, tell them about it. A, a boss, a human resources manager, the owner of the company, make sure that they know what's happening because you need to give them an opportunity to fix that problem. And by the way, if you speak to them, put that in writing so there's a record. You have right. to do that. Now, uh, in, in if in once you do that, the company has to investigate and try to take steps to fix that problem, to make sure it goes away. Now, in some situations, you can't do that because the boss is the one harassing you or the owner and there's no one to speak to. Or maybe you've spoken to someone and they didn't do anything about it. Well, if that is the situation, at that point, you may be able to treat uh, this situation as a constructive dismissal. We need to deal with it externally. I want you to call me if that happens. So first step, try to deal with it internally. Try to speak to someone. Let them know. Put that in writing. Give them the obligation to fix the problem. If you've tried that and it didn't work or there's no one to talk to, we deal with it externally. You call me and I will deal with it.
0: There's going to be cases as well where, you know, possibly, probably more than likely, it's a smaller company, and the person doing the harassing is the boss, and the top boss, the top cheese, what do you do?
1: Yeah. Uh, and maybe you work with a company for two people who are you going to complain to or, or, or right. like you said, the top cheese. So if, if you've tried or, or there's simply not an option, then it's okay. At that point, we need to deal with it externally. At that point, it's time to call me, email me, and, and we talk about it. Uh, but the, the solution is never, well, I guess I have nothing I can do. I'll just uh, accept it and continue to suffer. That is never an option.
0: What we're going to do on the other side of the break is on the other side if you're an employer and you've received that harassment complaint, uh-oh, what do you do with it? We'll tell you what to do and go down that road after a short break. Phone lines are open by the way. You want to call in now Will you have time 613-521 talk as we continue The Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer, Leor Samfiru. And there is still some time to go, still some time for you to call in this uh, this live call-in show, 613-521-TALK. Ask your questions about your job, your employment, your boss, or for that matter, workplace harassment. A discussion we will get back to here in just uh, just a moment. I mentioned the email a couple times. That is help at employmenthour.com. And just got one, uh, Lior, from, uh, from our pal, Will. He writes in, he says, hi guys, love the show, listen when I can uh here's his email says i work at a job eight hours a day five days a week at a big corporation i was told i don't get paid the full eight hours because i'm entitled to a half hour lunch unpaid one problem i never ever get a half hour for lunch i didn't get five minutes which would not be a problem with me if i was paid for the full eight hours can anything be done what do i do you know it's funny john Uh, i don't know funny but this is, the, exact, this is a, the second
1: email today that I've gotten huh. with this exact issue or, or a very, very similar issue. Wow. So let's be very, very clear about this. Yes, he is entitled to a half-hour break, but if he does not get it, if he has to work, he has to get paid. His employer cannot say to him, well, no, no, you should be getting a half-hour lunch, which allows us to pay you less. The idea of a lunch is not to save money for the employer. The idea of a lunch is to give the employee a break. So if the employee does not get a break, the employer has to pay them. And if they don't, that is a violation of the Employment Standards Act. That is something they're not allowed to do. So for Will, what does that mean? Well, he he obviously can decide to walk away from it. The other option is he can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, instead of that, I can send a letter on his behalf Because not only will his employer have to stop uh, doing that and start paying him for his full uh, uh, eight hours, but he could potentially get compensation retroactive. He could potentially go back two years and for the last two years recover the compensation that he has not received uh, because his employer was paying him for seven and a half hours instead of eight. So, Will, if you want to chat with me more about that, if you want me to help you get this resolved, happy to do so. Uh, Call or email and uh, we'll get together
0: will you've listened before but i'll give it to you again 18558 Two one fifty nine hundred. That is number to reach out and call your and the team there to uh, carry forward with this one. We always advise that you at least have a chat with them, and for you to call and have a chat with us until the uh, the the end of the hour here. Six one three five two one talk. It is a live talk show. Of course, the employment hour, Uh, workplace harassment. As I mentioned before the break, want to get into this one. The flip side of this whole thing. Now that is if if you're an employer and you receive harass complaint harassment complaint. What's the first steps?
1: Well, the first thing you got to do is you have to take it seriously. that that it starts there. You can't do anything unless you take it seriously. So you, as an employer, have to take the harassment complaint seriously. You can't say, "Well, that's your problem." No, it becomes the employer's problem once they they're aware of it. And then you have to investigate. This is very important that investigation has to be thorough. You're going to have to talk with uh, the people involved, get other people's perspective, uh, see if there's any documents, review those documents. You have to take that seriously. Now, in some situations, if it's more complex, you may have to bring in an outside investigator, but legally speaking, the employer has to investigate. Now, once that investigation is done, if harassment, in fact, has been established, the employer then has to take steps to fix that problem that may mean uh, letting someone go potentially or disciplining them providing uh, training uh, about uh, the appropriate conduct having better and stronger policies it may mean uh, separating people that can't work together there could be a lot of options but you have to investigate and then you have to do something about it you have to fix it Uh, i've seen so many situations where the employer either didn't bother investigating or did a a, just a a lame and and bad investigation where they didn't really try, they just went through the motions, that in itself could be a constructive dismissal. Potentially that in itself could also be a human rights violation. It could be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. It could be a breach of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. I could keep going. It's bad. You have to investigate. You have to do something about it. Uh, And if you don't, there's going to be repercussions. So employers, uh, keep that in mind.
0: You know, we did talk about uh, in the last uh, segment about you know what happens if the person you are report to is the one doing the harassing. They go right to you, leapfrog the boss because it is the boss. Go to your firm and take it up. But then what happens if you have uh, you know reported to a superior and nothing's done? They don't do anything about your complaint.
1: Well, you know, as, as bad as that sounds, John, I've seen it happen. And, and, you know, I've actually seen even worse things happen. I've seen situations where not only was nothing done, the person that, that brought the harassment complaint was then punished. Uh, and if that, that happens, wow. that is a whole different level of illegal, okay? That becomes a, a reprisal. So an employer, I told you, has to investigate, has to do something about it. What they're not allowed to do under any circumstances is they're not allowed to punish the employee bringing up the sexual, or the, not the, doesn't have to be sexual, bringing up the harassment issue. Yeah. Now, here's something important. Even if it's determined that there wasn't harassment, even if it's determined that the person that brought the harassment complaint was wrong, even if that's determined, you cannot punish that person. You cannot punish a person that, that raises a harassment issue, that, that is trying to protect themselves and their rights. You cannot do that. Because not only is all those bad things that I said before applied, there could be additional compensation, additional damages. So uh, very important for employers to do the right thing. Investigate, take it seriously. If there's a problem you've identified, fix the problem. Uh, be honest and open about it, and anything less, is John, is simply unacceptable.
0: Questions or comments about this topic? We are talking about workplace harassment or anything to do with your work life. Bring them on. You still have time. 613-521-TALK is the number. That's 8255 at the end. And uh, we are talking about workplace harassment. And this doesn't only go for this topic. It pretty much applies for everything we talk about on this show and will till time immemorial, and that is document everything, right?
1: Wow. Yeah, it is the key when we're talking about... Preserving your rights is to document everything. You know, in real estate, it's location, location, location. In employment mm-hmm. law, it's document, document, document. And it's especially important when it comes to workplace harassment, because oftentimes it's going to be uh, something that, that that's verbal, and you don't necessarily want it to be right. your word against someone else's word if you can avoid it. Uh, so, what do you do if someone mistreats you or says something to you? You know, it's not in in, in a document. Well. Create a document, not a problem. Have a diary, a journal, when you write contemporaneous notes of what's happened. Easy, easy to do. Uh, even better, send an email to someone, maybe even the person harassing you. Tell, can kind of confirming what happened. You know, you know, when we had, uh, when we met at lunch today, you said the following things to me, or you did this to me. By doing that, you're creating a record. You're documenting. If you speak to HR and complain, follow up with an email. Create that record. So you can't take the easy way and just hope that people are going to acknowledge it. People are not going to acknowledge it. If you're going to deal with harassment and want to solve that problem, you have to document things, keep records. uh, And if you then come to me and ask for my help, you're going to make my life much easier in trying to help you because you've done a good job documenting.
0: Does the path to correcting the harassment change at all if the person being harassed is because of, say, their ethnicity or even a medical condition, or same thing? And, you know, if that's the
1: situation, that's discriminatory harassment, that becomes a human rights violation, uh, and there could be even more consequences there for the employers, for for the ones doing the harassment. So there's regular harassment, which has nothing to do with a prohibited ground. You're being harassed because your boss is a, is a jerk or your coworker is a jerk. Uh, but if you, it's discriminatory harassment, you're being harassed because of your, your age or race or ethnicity, etc. That is, that is even more illegal. That's a human rights violation. Uh, and, and that is something that we cannot and should not have in Canadian uh, workplaces, and, and the law really comes down hard on employers and other employees, by the way, that are guilty of that type of conduct.
0: 613-521-TALK is the number to call in. Ask your questions before we bounce over to a little bit of a chat on working notice determination. Wanted to get to an email that just came in. Richard, again, help at employmenthour.com writes, he says, I just found out that some new employees my company has hired get more vacation than I do. Can the company do this?
1: You know, it's, a, it's not a fair thing, of course, when you've been with the company for a while and... You find out someone else is being hired and they get a better deal than you. In this case, they get more vacation than you. It's not fair, right? And it's not the nice thing. It's not the proper thing to do. But unfortunately, John, it's also not illegal. So if you get your say two weeks or three weeks vacation and someone else is hired and they get more than you, you, your employer is probably not acting properly from uh, a human resources standpoint, but it's not illegal. The employer doesn't have to treat the employees all the same when it comes to vacation. Now, they should do that. It's a good idea. So what I would suggest here is you, you go to your employer and you tell them, you know, I don't think it's fair. I've been here a long time. I do a good job. I want to continue working here. I don't think it's right that new people should be uh, getting more vacation than than myself. And most reasonable employers will say, yeah, okay, fair enough, we'll make a change. Uh, If your employer doesn't, well, unfortunately, there's no real way to make them. Uh, The employer does not have to pay or, or to provide the same amount of vacation. They should, but legally speaking, John,
0: they don't have to. And along those same lines, the employer—I I personally haven't run into this with anybody I know—but if, if they so choose, an employer can actually schedule your vacation too. Can they not?
1: Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And and most employers don't do that. They don't tell employees you have to take vacation from this date to this date because it's going to create very unhappy employees. But your employer is absolutely allowed to schedule your vacation. They could do that every every year. They can say this year, uh, Mr. John Scowles, your vacation is going to be from uh, June 17th to June uh, 30th, and that's it. And you February may say,
0: 1st to February 28th.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's all good you for can't. you. Wow. And you may yeah, say, well, wait a second, I want that. I want to yeah. go this time of year. You know, my yeah. uh, my wife and I are going to go visit there, and the employer can say, well, too bad. Now, that doesn't happen often, thankfully, for the reasons that I've said, but an employer is allowed to schedule vacation. But what flows from that, John, is your employer can also reject vacation requests. So if you're saying, okay, employer, I want you to approve my vacation for uh, July the 1st, uh, your employer can say, no, we're not going to do that, and there's not much that you can do about that. Uh, And now, what last comment I'll make about this vacation issue that, that you've asked about is this is if you've always been able to schedule your own vacation and and your employer simply approved it, your employer can't then change things and say, from now on, I am going to decide Ah. when you're taking vacation. Your employer is not allowed to change things midway. Remember, if your employer uh, gives you more rights than you have, they can't necessarily take those rights back. That's very important to remember. If they do that, John, that could be a constructive dismissal.
0: Good time to take a, a short pause. You still have time, but ticket uh, time is t- counting down, rather, to uh, to give us a call if you have any questions. 613-521-TALK is the number. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address, by the way. We'll continue more Employment Hour right till uh, the top of the hour here, 6 o'clock, on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Leor Samfiru taking away the last few minutes of the show for this week uh, again six one three five two one talk you want to squeeze one in we'll try to get you uh, you on the air and uh, your question answered in the meantime though emails help at employmenthour.com. barrier up next says my colleagues and i just found out that the company we work for will be shutting down at the end of the month the owner of the company told us that because there are only five employees we don't get severance is that right <laughs>
1: Wow, Uh, you know, it's it's one of the reasons we started this show all these years all these years ago is for these types of issues exactly, huge huge misconceptions. Oh no no, this is a small company. We don't have to pay severance, but that's only for big companies. Not at all. Not even close. Of course, they get severance. Let's be very clear on this. Severance is not just paid to big companies or to long service employees. Everyone gets severance, even if you're working there for for a few weeks potentially, okay, and if it's a small mom and pop shop. Severance is based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and that is it, okay? Not the size of the company, not the size of the company's payroll, not not relevant. So you get the same amount of severance whether you work for a company with two employees or 2,000 employees. So where does this misconception come from? Well, it comes unfortunately from the Employment Standards Act and from our government because your minimum entitlements as outlined in a statute have to do with the size of the company's payroll. But that's it, your full entitlements, which is really what matters, have nothing to do with it. So to just make a complicated situation very simple, It does not matter big company or small company, you get severance. You can go to Mm severancepaycalculator.com to find out now. It works for everyone, big or small companies, short service employees or long service employees. So for this particular uh, person who sent us the email, yes, you're owed severance. You and your colleagues are absolutely owed severance. Call me. Call me now before the company disappears so I can help you get that severance. Don't sit on this. You could have significant entitlements.
0: Again, one 821 5900 is that number to reach out. Uh, I know you got the, the email address because we're using it right here. Leslie up next says, I work for a very large retailer and was let go with six months severance after 10 years of employment. I assume that this was fine, but after using the old severance pay calculator, it says I should get 12 months severance. That's 50 cents on the dollar. Can this be? <laughs> it can. Uh, it, is, it is. Okay. Is.
1: And yeah. it's it's common. Now, she says she works for a large company, and, and oftentimes what happens when people are let go from a large company, they may think, well, oh, they're a big company, they're a sophisticated company, they must know what they're doing. They must know how much I'm owed, so if they say I get six months, well, that's got to be right. That's got to be all I'm owed. Not so fast, in fact, not even close. It doesn't matter what the company says, it's your job to determine how much you're actually owed. So just because they're a big company doesn't mean that they actually know what they're doing, not at all. Or frankly, they could know exactly what they're doing, but they hope that you don't, that you won't understand. So she did the exact right thing. She went to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much he's owed. Good for her. I'm very happy that she did that because absolutely, of course, after 10 years, she's going to be owed more than six months' pay. Uh, and, and if based on the information she provided, it's 12 months pay, as you said, John, she was offered 50 cents on the dollar. That's very common. I see that every day. I see mm-hmm. less than 50 cents on the dollar. Sometimes I see 5 cents on the dollar. So it's it's not uh, unusual. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. I hope she did not sign off on her severance letter. Please don't do that without checking with me or without checking uh, the severance calculator. Uh, you'll be glad that you did.
0: I'll slide Fred's email in here quickly before we wrap. Fred says I was suspended without pay. Without pay and the company won't tell me when I can go back to work. Is there anything I can do?
1: Generally speaking, John, a suspension without pay is not something a company is allowed to do. There's no legal right for the company to suspend you without pay. The suspension without pay is considered often a constructive dismissal. Now, they're allowed to suspend you with pay, but not without pay. Now, if the company suspends you for a day, you may say, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything about it, come back to work. But once that suspension becomes long and they're not telling you when they're going to call you back, you may just want to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your severance. One of the concerns with accepting that suspension is if you accept it and you come back to work, then you may give the company the right to do it again in the future. So even though they don't have a right to do it now, if you give them the right, if you accept that they could do it again. So remember, John, in most cases, a company does not have the legal right to suspend you without pay.
0: We are done for another day. We will reconvene next Saturday. In the meantime, want to get a hold of your, very, very simple, help at employmenthour.com is the email, 1-855-821-5900. And, of course, severancepaycalculator.com. Always go there first. And then contact right afterwards. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA. You've been listening to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. The Employment Hour airs every Saturday at 5, right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.